Well, good morning, good people. It's September 5th, 2018. And here we are in Winter Park, and we're kicking off the We Are MCBS podcast. And you know I'm not alone. You know it, because across the table from me, my buddy, my brother, my man, Pete Episcopo. Pete, how you doing? Uh, I am speaking to good people, Jason, to be with you again on another podcast on a beautiful day in September. Does it get any better than that? It might, but I don't know if I could handle it if it did. <laughs> and we're just back from our trip to the Netherlands. So, yeah, yeah, that was that was a great trip. Yeah. I would say I'm jet lagged, but I just always feel so refreshed when I come back. Yeah, we were just looking for rocking chairs, you know, places we could settle down as we talked about last time. So it's it's good to be back and good to be with everybody here around the table. Yeah. Table of honor. So not only do we have a table of honor, we've got it surrounded by the Woohoo crew. How are you guys doing? Woo! That's how they're doing. And Moss. Apparently they're doing well. That's nice. All right. Boy, that's better than espresso. Yeah, I'm ready. Well, if we're ready, then I think we can kick this off because they brought some pretty crazy stories today. And my first one involves mocking the Australians. So this is clearly up my alley. I'm pretty excited about this. (laughs) Tasia, I believe you're going to take lead on mocking the Australians? Yes. Okay, well, you go right ahead and do that. So some of their officials, well, most of them got caught having generic passwords. And I have a little chart here. And, well, they put, like, the top 20 passwords that they were using. But the number one password is capital P password. Word, one, two, three, and almost 1,500 government officials no. had that password. Crikey! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And so now, you know, people are in uproar because, you know, it's your government. You want them to have complex passwords. In today's age, it's so easy for people to hack and, you know, get information. So people are upset, and they were like, we're going to have to just teach everybody how to have better passwords in this because you can't have lazy passwords, blah, blah, blah. It is amazing how we have so much to get us to do things right, and we just don't use it. Like, how about spell checking, Mm -hmm. grammar checking, right? How many people actually take the time to do it? And then here we have these things that I use a a service that actually creates the password for me. And it's so long and complex, I would never be able to remember it. But I just use that service because I can never come up with the right password, right? So I use it. But how much more in a government position would you not think of using something to make that at least as encrypted or hard to hack as possible? I don't get that. And we all have suffered through password creation before. We'll enter our password and they'll say, no, you need a capital letter. Okay, well, here. (laughs) Oh, no, no, you need punctuation too. (laughs) Well, why didn't you tell me? (laughs) Okay, well, you also need an emoji. Okay, well, why didn't you tell me? There's extensions you can put in any browser, Safari, Chrome. You can put extensions in that help you just put your password in. Because who's going to remember these long passwords that are generated? Even the browsers generate passwords now. Mm -hmm. I I just, this is one that I do not get. I really don't. Well, and I'm wondering why their password creation process doesn't omit, and maybe it does now, maybe that's one of the things they change, but doesn't omit those top 25 ridiculously easy passwords and say, no, I'm sorry, you can't use that. Why was everyone choosing that password? I'm just so confused. Like, we could get into each other's account, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But then they also said, they wanted to make sure that we weren't bashing the Australians and say, um, I didn't know this, but in 2014, I guess the U.S. government had a cybersecurity moment where people that worked for like our nuclear codes, they had a breach. And I was like, oh, my goodness. What if somebody got the codes to like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. geez. But yeah. yeah, that could totally kill us all before Alexa does. So 
Oh, no, nuclear codes. Wow. That was the launch code. One, two, three, four. It literally was. Oh. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was that way all the way up until the late 90s or early 2000s. But it had something to do with them not thinking anybody would. Like, if you get to the point where you're able to enter a passcode, then. Yeah. You You'll probably, be like, that's too easy. One, two, three, four. Right. Well, it was an era when we weren't pushing passcodes anywhere, so this kind of thing didn't come up. We were uh, jokingly making fun of the Australians, because that's one of the points we wanted to bring home, is that Australia is not alone. It's a global epidemic mm -hmm. of people taking an easy password. And how interesting that our brains work in a way where we all gravitate towards similar things like that. Um, I mean, some things you can get away with, right? If it's not like, so what if they hack this <laughs> account that doesn't connect to money or anything like that? Like some things I would tend to just go like, all right, I'll think of something like a phrase or something most people wouldn't get right away. But if they hacked into it, not going to be a big deal. But stuff like government stuff, right. right? money, banks, those things that have the biggest pain threshold, I tend to go, nah, let me just take the extra minute and use something long or encrypted. I'm bad because all of my passwords is like the same thing. <gasps> Tasia. I know. No, you're like an Australian. I know. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but like, you know what I mean? But I get what you're saying, Pete, because let's say I was in like a, you know, a position where I had something really like sensitive in my accounts or whatever, I would probably try to incorporate the whole keyboard, like something really complex that nobody could really get. Look, it was for my family. Like, of course, my wife is just the opposite of me, right? She mm -hmm. wants simple. She doesn't like a lot of change. Like, I can have three different phones in three different years, you know, which is no problem for me. But trying to get her to use this one service that generates the passwords, it took a little while, but now she is used to it. And I think that's the takeaway for a lot of our audience today is, Yes, it takes a, a little bit of extra kind of doing to get used to that new way of not just being able to type in a password, but I feel more secure with it. I really do. And then I feel like, look, if somebody hacked me there or did this, I'm doing everything I can here. But password one, two, three, yeah. not a real big effort. Yeah. You know, so we'll close with a quick little cautionary tale. I received an email a week ago. And in the subject of the email, and I usually delete all the spam, and I certainly didn't open this one, but it said, hey, Jason, your password is, and it put my password in the subject, but it was a password back in the old days when I was a much younger man that I used for every single account wow. everywhere. And I changed all that about five years ago, but I also had all those Yahoo breaches. Mm -hmm. And I've been, I've, if there's been a yeah. breach, I've been a part of it somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so now changing all my passwords and they're all different, but the fact that they're out harvesting that stuff out of the yeah. breaches and they're now coming after the people saying, we've got your password and if you give us this and this, then we'll give you your stuff back. Yeah. I don't even know what they were threatening me with, but it was terrifying to see my old password mm -hmm. just sitting up there in the subject line. Yeah, it's creepy. So even the non-ridiculous password one, two, threes can be dangerous if, for instance, you have it as your password for everything. So, Tasia, your homework for tonight, though you haven't been my student for many months, <laughs> is to change the vast majority of your passwords, starting with banks. Well, Tasia, thank you for bringing that to our attention. I hope everybody out there with passwords that are the same or passwords that are just painfully easy to guess, <laughs> uh, you could just take a second today and go change some of those. Make a little post-it somewhere that you can lose and 
and, uh, and put those passwords Great on Great advice. Uh, Pete, before we go, what's the name of the app you were talking about for people that might I know? actually use one password. But if you have Safari, and I think even Google does it, but Safari actually will generate a password for you if you're a Mac user. One password will do it across all platforms. And I'm not kidding you. It's such a long, complex password. I'll never remember what they are. But there's just a little button, like an extension. You click it, and it will say fill. And you go, yeah, fill it. And it's all encrypted. Yep. Beautiful. All right. Next up, we have Alexis Aho, and she is bringing us some very interesting news. You know, she's usually bringing us the I can't believe that somebody's job segment. And today, I think we've got one that fits that bill. We've got a professional what? Lip reader. All right. Play it on us. What's this all about? All right. So I found a really cool article about this woman named Consuelo Gonzalez and how she is a professional lip reader or mm. translator. So pretty much what she does is she does like medical transcription, whether that be in person with people who like can't, you know, verbalize anything and that could be in person or even over like Skype or any video. Or she does like security footage where you can see the people, but there's no audio. Even though in the article she mentions how there's not a lot of people who do this professionally. She kind of had a background in it already because her mother was doing this. So she already grew up learning how to sign as well as learning to lip read. So it's something that like I think is available to a lot of people who already know how to sign and kind of like have that knack to understand nonverbal cues and everything. But just a lot of people don't really think about it. It makes sense. So we have so much captured video footage these days, probably mm -hmm. like, I mean, I'll just make up a number a million times more than we used to have. Mm -hmm. And from that, there's not always clean audio. And there are so many reasons that you might need yeah. to harvest what's being said mm -hmm. out of that. I would imagine this is not going to be a unique position for long. Right. If anything, is Tasia still here? If anything, I expect AI to take over <laughs> that task. Yeah. I expect that to be something that they can train them to, to do and recognize. And that'll start feeding it back to us. Yeah. While I was researching into this woman and her job and trying to find what exactly these yeah. jobs are being posted as because yeah. it's just like of course they're not going to be like oh we need a lip reader <laughs> they're probably going to post it as like something else so trying to find that I came across websites that are kind of already doing that they're mm. utilizing yeah. kind of that same software that's just like upload your video and we'll give you like a general transcription of possibly what's being said so it's already happening Nice. I wonder, yeah, with transcription, that's so true. I mean, we do this in animation, right? So I'll, I'll oh, talk yeah. from an Adobe side of things. When you're creating an animation, you have certain vowels, consonants, and the lip motions are what they are. So it would make sense that you can automate this now to such a point. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's so cool. I can't believe. Yeah. That's somebody's job. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked. I just can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Alexis, you heard about this. This was from the Seattle paper, mm -hmm. and, and then you did some more research. Mm -hmm. You weren't finding this as something that was a, a common kind of a gig all over the place, but with this surplus of video footage and possibly needing more people like this and AI not yet being fully available, do you think this is the kind of job that other people could get? People that already innately have this skill or, or trained to get it? Yeah, I think so. It's just a matter of being able to find how people are posting these as, whether that being if it's something that they post even online or going directly to like hospitals or, you know, whatever security companies and being like, hey, do you need someone to do this? Because I can do this. So I don't know. I would hope that in the future it might become more mainstream where they start posting it. But at that point, I kind of think maybe it might be one of those things where you have to go directly to them. So that would make it, if you had that skill or if you did want this to be your job, you'd probably do better setting up like a consulting job or a consulting business and mm -hmm. then people would hire you for gigs. Yeah. Okay. Well, interesting. 
Well, thanks, Alexis. Yeah, no problem. All right. As we said, we just can't believe it's somebody's job. <laughs> well, our absolute last story for the day, and I don't know how the day has slipped past us so quickly. Man, that was fast. Right. Uh, but we still have a whole story left, and it's from our very own Tyler Ozzy Oswald executive producer of the entire podcast, but also decided to be voice talent from time to time. And we have him today talking about PCs and Macs. Yeah, so Microsoft has released a new laptop and here's the coolest feature about it. You ready for this? Yep. It has LTE built in. Oh, finally, I can connect to the internet with my device. Yeah, forget that Wi-Fi thing then. Right, so this is kind of, I know Pete has discussed it almost ad nauseum at this point. <laughs> that I'm a little disappointed with Apple lately, but go ahead. A little disappointed. I still use it, but I'm still, yeah. But apparently this is going to give Microsoft an edge. As an individual who hobbies with technology, I look at it and my first thing was, well, we've already had that capability. All our phones have the ability to hotspot. So why is this giving them a competitive edge? But then thinking about it beyond, you know, they're making an affordable product. Yeah, that's pretty much all there is to it. They made a new Surface and it has LTE in it. But apparently this is head-breaking news enough to say that, yeah, they're about to punch out Apple after, you know, good 18 years. And they are making... Uh progress, right? The article that we read was talking about how they're edging out Apple for uh, business type clients or, yeah. or their, their business business. The biggest example they gave was, you know, somebody who's constantly traveling. They're in airports. Airport Wi-Fi, either you pay for it or it's just the most shoddy connection. So something like an LTE connection will benefit them vastly, yeah, yeah. especially on the road in places. Maybe a convention has the worst Wi-Fi possible yeah. and they need to hook up quickly because they're a journalist or they're just needing to upload a file to their boss. Yeah. You know, this is what will benefit those type of individuals the most. The individuals that don't have an iPhone that they can turn into a hotspot. Any type of phone. I think even Blackberries were able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they really had to do something strategic like that. Microsoft. In the academic world, at least, you know, my wife teaches in elementary school. We're obviously all involved in academia here. And Google is actually taking over the schools because the whole Google ecosystem of docs and, you know, the other stuff, the tables, the whole suite, uh, the whole suite. Yeah. And they have done an incredible job of entrenching themselves in school districts. So Microsoft, who used to actually be in that place, is getting dethroned there by Google so now in business, the next logical move for Microsoft would be, hey, let's just really claim this. Interesting, though, Ozzy, how something like LTE is the thing that makes that work for them. And a laptop makes that software now, you know, poised to take over again, like you were saying, Jason, you know, in, in the business world. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, to totally relate this to the uh, four hour work week from two podcasts ago, it's one less step. I imagine this is why it's groundbreaking instead of going to my phone, turning on the hotspot, making sure I have the correct password, making sure it's WPA2 mm -hmm. encrypted and all that jazz. Right. All I have to do is just from my laptop, one button and I'm connected to the Internet. Suddenly I've shaved off five seconds times however many times I need to do that for the rest of my life. How's that working out there, you guys? Because I usually stay away from the device. Like when I go start phone service somewhere, they always say, hey, we can throw in a tablet 
and you know you can also get that sort but it's more money so are you just using your existing LTE account for like Verizon or AT&T is that how this works yeah so personal antidote is that my internet went down about let's say a week ago and to survive in a cold cruel internetless world <laughs> I used my mobile data to its full extent to use Wi-Fi on my computer to stream video it was my backup alternative in this world that was so dark and bleak and unconnected uh, yeah I don't know how you survived it Ozzy I don't know either. I actually yeah. went to a friend's house and downloaded a bunch of videos just to like prepare for it because Spectrum told me they wouldn't be there for like three days. But somehow it magically started working the next day. I think I knew I was about to threaten it. You need to do what Jason and I do. We just leave for a while and go to the Netherlands and just sit on some rocking chairs and, and yeah. talk. Yeah. On a 3D printed porch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Rocking away. Well, Ozzy, thanks for bringing that story to us. As always, anytime we can talk about the computer giants competing for different markets, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. we, we've been watching that. that watching yeah. that shift for uh, decades now, mm -hmm. and it's still moving. Yep. Still happening. And as hard as it is for me to believe, that's our September 5th podcast. We've reached the end of it. Pete and I are still full of energy. The WooHoo crew is yeah. just all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. <laughs> So even though we could stay here and talk for another four hours, I think we're going to hit the stop button and we're going to, what do you guys want to do? Disney? Epcot? No answer. So, well, we'll find something to do. Yeah. It's so, yeah. Let's go to the beach. Come down to my house. Let's go. Okay. And I don't know what the rest of you are doing, but we all hope that it's a beautiful day and we'll catch you next Wednesday, 10 o'clock, same time, same place. Until then, have a beautiful week. Bye-bye.